I'm Robert Conti, Chief of the Metropolitan Police Department. Unfortunately, traffic fatalities are up in the district, and I need your help to reverse this trend. Seatbelt save lives and reduce the risk of death or injury. Click it or ticket. The reason that I wanted to have this is several reasons. First of all, I, for those of you who don't watch the program consistently, or you know, I know there are some people who have listened to, uh, who've been interviewed by me, or otherwise, uh, they don't exactly know fr- where I come from, all that good stuff. So I'm going to give a, a little quick five, seven minute synopsis, what my goals are, and uh, what I would hope uh, other people would help us do as far as, hey, let's go ahead and tell me what it is that you guys think I need to do. So starting, I'm originally from Central America, Panama, became a naturalized, came here to go to college, became a naturalized citizen. Uh, From the time I got here to college, I was politically active. My first uh, entry into American political activism was from a group at the University of Texas called SALAC, the South African Liberation Action Committee, which was attempting to get the University of Texas to divest from uh, South Africa. That is where I really saw the power uh, and the freedom here in the United States that we could do all these, you know, make all these these type of changes. Um, when I came here, I was very idealistic. Anybody, I, I don't know how many of you are, are well, except for Bridge MCP, um, we are very idealistic in the thoughts that we have about the United States of America. Uh, the United States of America is a bastion of everything. Uh, it's, that is how the rest of the world sees America. No matter what you hear people say, you hear people talk about people hating America and all of that is not true. If you doubt that an American go anywhere, everybody's running up to American because they think it's a, it's a rich person who has something that nobody else has. And there, that was no different for me when I uh, immigra- immigrated to the United States of America. I went to school. Uh, after I went to school, I worked for several corporations, uh, formed a Eventually, left five, after five years, left formed the business. And uh, after doing that, software company, et cetera, et cetera. Even during that time, I did a whole lot of blogging. Uh, I did it anonymously because, of course, uh, in corporate America, you don't want any, nobody necessarily wants to talk about political stuff. And worse, nobody wants to know that you're left wingers. We, not you all, I am the left winger here. I don't know how many people here is, but, you know, people have indications about what you stand for uh so i did that completely in the in the dark and then when i had my kid here in kingwood texas i didn't want to really stigmatize her and having her uh be about what you know what her dad you know her dad thoughts or anything so i kept that pretty much to myself when uh my wife has lupus and Healthcare is a very important thing to me. As you notice, if, if, for those of you who listen to the show frequently, I spent a whole lot of time, and to date, I still spend a lot of time on healthcare. I believe in universal healthcare, Medicare for all that sort of thing. And when Obama went through what he went through to get the Obamacare passed, even though I wasn't specifically for it, I really wanted something more substantial. At that point, I wrote my first book called uh, As I See It. And the reason I wrote that book was, can't you really see what's going on in the country, both with healthcare, with capitalism, and all these, these particular issues that I wanted to speak about? So I, I spent some time in a Starbucks and wrote my first book in a Starbucks. And I started, it was called Liberal Politics Done Right. Because at that time, I was just an, un, an unfettered left-wing liberal. I joined a group called Coffee Party USA. When I joined Coffee Party USA, 
uh, it really tempered the way that I, it didn't change my ideology, but it tempered how I dealt with people, uh, how I learned how to speak to people, how I learned how to respect people. Because at that point, you learned that the reality was that we had a hell of a lot more in common. That right winger or that Trumpist isn't all that different from any of us. And I really, I really learned that. I really have that at my core. And as much as I am a progressive person, I really have no animosity towards uh, any any of, of these folks. So I, I, I did that, and I then so I changed the program from liberal politics done right to politics done right. I was honored that KPFT 90.1 FM, after I made the proposal to them, they actually gave me the show on air right away. And so, I, 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 you know, so we went ahead and we did that for the KPFT 90.1 FM Houston to get the show on air. And a few years ago, I decided, you know, it's something that I wanted to carry on uh, mostly uh, on, on a daily basis. Of course, having a software company and trying to do this is very difficult. Uh, my website started to do fairly well, and I figured, okay, I could disassociate myself from the software company, reduce all of, all of my expenses, and I could survive meagerly, but I could survive on the website and on the passion that I really had, which was making change in America. You know, we always say things like, why don't somebody do something about this? Why don't somebody talk about this? And I said, well, hell, you know, I know a lot of technology. I know how to do all this stuff. I don't have to have a producer. I don't have to have all these electronic guys to put all this stuff together. I could do it myself. So that gave me the impetus to do this. And, and I started soon after I started, or not soon, but, you know, few months after I started, uh, I learned what it is. I learned why it was so important for us as citizens to really take control of our own government, our own economy. The corporate structure immediately where I thought I had a path, Facebook and Google change algorithms and all, all small publishers like me, we lost 90% of our income overnight. And that oh is when God. we had to change our, all our models to, to start going with uh, things like Patreon and these other things that you see, us, you see many of us do right now. But it showed us that the control many of us thought that we had, we didn't. And that in order to really have an egalitarian type society, it requires all of us to engage. And, I, and, and instead of saying, throwing my hands up in the air and said, hey, well, I hadn't completely disassociated from my software company yet. I could just go back. I said, absolutely not. We can actually get this stuff done because I tell you what, um, you know, I got a daughter. Many of you have kids and I want to make a change in life. Um, so that is pretty much my story, some of it is in the, in the book that, I, that you guys, many of you have, which is that it's worth it, the, sec, the third book that I wrote. And um, I decided then that at this point, there was no turning back. And especially with having seen that we as a country could have elected, and if anybody here is a Donald Trump supporter, forgive me, but could have elected a Donald Trump I thought it was something that I would have never seen. So what am I, uh, what are the, some of the accomplishments that we had this year? Wrote the book. I improved my uh, workflow to, to allow me to do a whole lot more. Right now I'm doing about five blogs a day, about uh, between three and seven videos, video 
clips a day plus a daily show. I do all the cleanups on the weekend. So what that does is it allows, uh, it allows the, the workflow, the, the way that I got things arranged is very, very automated. And it allows me to do a whole lot more to put the message out. So why do I do this? Why do I put out so much video, so many videos and blogs? Because the way the internet works, right now, the right side has a whole lot of paid people to fill the internet space with their with an ideology that isn't necessarily beneficial to us all. And I think there always has to be a counterbalance. And what I do is to put my put what many of us believe out there in writing. So in writing, in videos, in in uh, in blog posts, in podcasts, so that search engines as well, when people do their searches, will pick these things up. I mean, uh, some of the work, let's say that Carl does as well with his videos, etc. All of that forms a part of this infrastructure so that we don't get taken over by, you know, by, by an ideology that many times is foreign to, uh, to, to what we want to do. I'm starting a new, uh, a new, another uh, podcast call. Uh, what is it called? I, I think I call it off the, off the, off the record. It's going to be a little, you know, it's going to use some of our old clips some of our other clips rather that we use in some of the shows, but it will have a lot of its independent clips as well. So now with me done with that, the goal is for everybody to introduce themselves. And oops, I forgot to bring other people in. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, the goal is for us, to in, for us to introduce ourselves and then have at it. So let's go ahead and start with uh, Ed Icorn. You're at the top of my screen. You're muted. You're muted, Ed. You're still muted, Ed. <laughs> there you go. There we go. Well, um, you know, I, I met Egberto a while back. I wrote a book about healthcare called uh, Healing American Healthcare, a plan to uh, provide coverage for everyone and save a trillion dollars a year. And, um, you know, I. I got uh, really uh, excited about doing that after I read uh, Paul Ryan's first bill that was called the Healing American Healthcare Act, which had very little to do with healthcare. So <laughs> when I read that, I got uh, a little bit angry, and I, I got a co-author who is a, a good friend, uh, a physician in New York, a neurologist that uh, I work with, and uh, we did research for about a year and uh, uh, put out our book in 2019. And in uh, March of this year, we started the Healing American Healthcare Coalition uh, to help very busy physicians and nurses and other healthcare professionals. We write a newsletter twice a month uh, for our coalition members called the Three Minute Read. And what we do in that is we, we provide them uh, executive summaries of articles. We review about 50 publications on a regular basis and we um, you know, publish our uh, e-newsletter -news online and it's designed so they can read it in three minutes and decide if there are important articles that they need to read to be up to date on the issues related to the, uh, the pandemic or political issues. And starting in January, um, this is a four column uh, online publication. Uh, three columns will be a continuance of what we do uh, with respect to the technology and the articles that uh, we think they ought to know about. And the fourth column will be a, a description of uh, the Icorn and Hutchinson uh, All Care Health Plan um, to, to uh, bring people up to speed on what we think healthcare could be in a universal healthcare system in the future that's uh, not 
Medicare for all, but is a system that would provide coverage for everyone and reduce our uh, GNP expense for healthcare from about 19% to 13%. And our, our next book will be out in March. And this is about universal healthcare advised by the pandemic and, and how to make things uh, better in case we face another major economic pandemic uh, or pandemic in the future. Um, my background is uh, many years in healthcare. Uh, I've uh, founded and run uh, healthcare uh, medical service companies and uh, been involved with product design for a number of years. And uh, the most interesting project we have right now is my co-author has two patents uh, that would shorten MRI time to three uh, microseconds, which wow. means oh. uh, MRI could replace CT <laughs> and wow. have no X-ray um, content uh, in, um, in critical studies about physiology. So um, between that project and uh, writing a wow. newsletter and our, uh, you know, our next book, uh, I'm, I'm you're pretty busy, busy, Ed. Not as busy as you, Egberto. Well, no, actually, you are, Ed. I tell you what, when you I, don't forget to come on as soon as you get that book out, my brother. Sure, we'll absolutely. Do. Okay, let's go to uh, Doug Coleman. <laughs> you're muted too. <laughs> I, I I bring very little. Uh, Experience in healthcare. I'm very much interested in it. Um, I'm a retired math teacher. Uh, I'm 74, and uh, it frustrates me that uh, my wife and I are going to get 600 bucks each because we don't need the money. You know, they're giving money to people who don't need it. They should give 3,000 bucks each to people who really need it and cut me out. My Social Security hasn't gone down. Our retirement hasn't gone down, nothing. I mean, and we're not spending any money because we can't go anywhere. So it's just, I'm frustrated with, uh, we have a government for the rich, by the rich, for the rich. And that really, that really bothers me. Doug, uh, I, I covered that earlier on the show today. So sometime I'd like to talk to you about that, but go ahead. I'm sorry for interrupting. No, that's all right. That's all right. Uh, uh, I have a working class background. Uh, my parents... Uh, didn't finish high school. My dad did two years of high school. My mother won, but I was part of the, uh, you know, the, I'm, the, I'm the American success story. I got to go to college. I got to go to graduate school. I did, you know, advanced degrees uh, and, and I taught. Uh, so it just frustrates me that our government doesn't focus on the people who need things. They focus on the people who have things already. That is a very good point. I thank you very much, Doug. Carl. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. I'm Robert Conti, Chief of the Metropolitan Police Department. Unfortunately, traffic fatalities are up in the district, and I need your help to reverse this trend. Seatbelt save lives and reduce the risk of death or injury. Click it or ticket. Um, Carl Smith. Uh, yeah. Um, so, well, I'm an electrical uh, computer engineer and um, by training, but also I've got kind of a diverse background from counseling and uh 
just in uh, helping create businesses and being uh, being an entrepreneur and um, being in business associations and so on. But you know, I, I've just been frustrated for a long time that uh, Democrats they, uh, they they do things right. I mean, they actually um, you know they put money into what makes uh, what what makes people thrive and what actually businesses uh, thrive. Uh, you know, research, uh, infrastructure, education, healthcare, uh, safe community, community development, safety nets. And we need all of those things, you know, for both our businesses and, and uh, you know, and our people uh, to thrive. But they, they've got a great product, but they don't sell it well. You know, whereas the Republicans, you know, they got a crappy product, um, you know, and, and there's reasons why trickle down doesn't work, won't work, will never work unless you, you basically change human nature. Um, and, uh, but they sell the hell out of it. They sell their product well. So, you know, so basically I've, I've uh, kind of shifted over into trying to do more messaging and uh, boiling down a kind of a basic model of, of how the economy works. What, you know, kind of from a, uh, kind of from a systems point of view, what do people need to thrive? And then what do businesses need to exist? No matter what other things are going on, um, you know, those are, are two important, you know, uh, factors and so on. And they're easy for people to get because, uh, you know, people know that for a car, you know, if you don't have your, you don't have air in your tires and you don't have, um, you know, a working engine and uh, you don't have gas in your, uh, you know, gas tank and all these things, kind of necessary conditions, you know, that car is not going to go very far, you know, and a farmer knows that they've got necessary conditions. So this is something that's pretty, uh, pretty relatable, you know, uh, for people. It's kind of basic, um, what I, I guess some people call common sense or uncommon sense or whatever common sense that whole term is being used or abused uh, quite uh, quite broadly. But anyway, so there's some ways that we can explain things, not just the morality of what the uh, the Democrats do, but also the economics and explain it to people. And and I think like now uh, where um, where the Republicans are talking about socialism and and um, you know that you know we're going to take your Democrats are going to take your freedoms away and all of that. You know, that's a great opportunity for us to push back and show where you know actually it doesn't take people's freedoms. What what Democrats do, we enable. You know, I mean, you know how does how does educating more people take people's uh, freedoms? How does you know getting people uh, you know healthcare? Uh, how does that you know uh, take their their freedoms and and the other things that we do, infrastructure and research and all that, that actually is creating opportunities for people and not, you know, freedoms. The only freedom that we're taking away from people uh, basically is, is the freedom to, you know, from, bar, you know, government, businesses and people, the freedom to take other people's freedom. <laughs> Amen. That's, that's the freedom that we're, we're taking away, you know, but other than that, actually, and, and that's what, you know, what we do, what Democrats do is actually enhance people's freedoms. So this is a great opportunity for us to change that, uh, change that conversation from, uh, from capitalism versus socialism to, to rig capitalism versus enabled capitalism, uh, you know, work for everybody. And I would hope for, for healthcare that we would um, start tearing down this whole idea that employer-based healthcare is more, anything more than a game of chance. I think if we tear that down, then we have the opportunity to, to show different forms of, of what, um, universal healthcare, you know, uh, look be. like, you know, so, um, so anyway, I think there's, there's a lot of opportunity to, 
to message better uh, to to win over more voters. We can't just get out our base. And that is what we've got to do. And I, I in my opinion, Nanette Bird Smith. Yes, I'm just the plain Jane. Politics interests me. I worked in dentistry for 34 years, saw things around, you know, from a large family, all Floridian, but knowing we need change and getting getting the truth, the, the amount of people that are so quick to believe things just is beyond me. And, and, and that has not, that has manifested to like a mushroom cloud in the last four years. Uh, it's well, like, you use your brain, please. <laughs> Nanette, let me tell you something that, that is, there's one thing that is uh, not allowed on politics done right for somebody to just say, <laughs> I am just a plain Jane. <laughs> Every, but I am. Uh, absolutely. Nobody <laughs> is just a plain Jane. Everybody is honorable here, my friend. <laughs> Caroline, Caroline Brown, come on in. Hello, I'm, again, I'm, a, I'm, I'm also a, um, a not plain Jane. Thank uh, you. <laughs> not, not very well informed when it comes to politics. I've been uh, isolating myself uh, with, with illness for the last 10 years or so. And as I improve, uh, my health improves, I'm looking for uh, voices um, to help me uh, develop my own thought message, uh, politics, social programs. Personally, one of the foundational um, solutions to uh, to our healthcare problem is uh, addressing. Uh, Oops, so um, we're we're having slow down with your connection. Go ahead, go ahead, Carolyn. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Uh, is is uh, is shift is making a shift to regenerative agriculture, increasing wow. the uh, increasing the nutritive value of our food in smaller batches at more local levels, and um, corn, uh, the corn based economy. Um, and there was one other thing, you know, less, a lot less processed foods, but there was one other thing in there, less chemicals and- um, Less, probably less insecticides. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. No, but uh, regenerative agriculture involves- Oh, I love that, yes. No till, uh, no, um, uh, no uh, inputs. There's, you know, principles that that'll improve the soil. Uh, as it stands now, we have fewer than- Uh -oh. Yeah. Okay. We, we kind of lost it for a while, Caroline, but I, I think we got the gist of it. And, and, I, and I tell you what's even most important. I just saw a thing on low-till soil management on Netflix as I was spinning. Loved it. Loved it. Was uh, that, was that uh, what is it called? Uh, what was, do you remember the name? Was that Woody Harrelson? Yes, that's it. Yes. He was a narrator. He was a narrator. You, you hit it right. Okay, let's go to um, to Bridge MCP. Oh God! <laughs> All right. Well, I came to this country in 1958, and we came here because of the troubles in Belfast. And my father did not want to come. My mother did. He lied. 
And um, I grew up very political, obviously, because of Belfast um, and being gay. Well, mm -hmm. not gay then. I didn't know this then. <laughs> Who knows? But I became very political in the gay movement, human rights, which became now. And um, then protesting for, um, for the freedom of Northern Ireland. My father's been arrested and on the news a billion times. Mm -hmm. Two years international manhunt. And he, it was very funny because he turned himself in finally at Scotland Yard. And um, they were all so happy he turned himself in. They left him there for two hours. So he took a suitcase and left. <laughs> And he went to Canada. No one escapes the Scotland Yard. But anyway, so that was my, my young history. So since then, I've always been very political. And I tell I you what, I enjoy having you uh, every day uh, on Politics Done Right. I keep, actually, you keep us on our toes as well by having, all, you know, you're our, sec, our, our other um, uh, Michael Rudnan who finds all the the links every time we find something new. You, I notice you've become that person now. Thank you very much for what you do, Bridge. Linda E. Linda E, I remember her. And yeah. Natalie, and, and Nanette, I mean. Yeah, Linda, are you there? <laughs> okay, maybe she's off for a bit. Let's go to Bruce Pollard. You're muted, Bruce. Bruce, you're muted. Okay, let's go to Charlie Lindahl, who has a big bowl of food in front of him right now. So we'll just we'll we'll still talk to Charlie. Talk to me, Charlie. Sorry about that. Didn't mean to be rude. Um, hi. Good night, and good. I'm glad I finally got in. Excellent. Um, are we, what are we talking about? Just an intro type thing or special topics? Just introduce yourself, and then we'll we'll talk about what I, what you guys gonna tell me to do. Well, go ahead. Okay, my name is Charlie Lindahl, and a number of you know me, I think, uh, including Egberto, thank goodness. I've met him a number of times, good friend. Um, let me just mention uh, one of the things that I'm working on, and I really love, and I'd like to tell people about it. Look in the chat window, and I'll, pe I'll post the, uh, the links for this stuff. There's something called, a group I ran across called One Planet education network and they're really really interesting and they're very well organized they're doing a lot of work in africa and their basic message is the way we change politics is through education and the way we change we do education is we start young so they have established programs in africa that are on the ground now and they're using music as the medium of communicating ideas and cultures and spreading cultures around the world with an idea that we that are in this project or they're working on this project are trying to say, look, US has, has got some good things, we're willing to help and we want to help the folks in Africa, but also digital divide stuff across the world. They're doing work here in the United States as well. Highly recommend you look at this thing. It's really, really put interesting. The, uh, go mm -hmm. ahead and put the link in there for everybody to see the chat, Charlie. And uh, Charlie, give us a, a quick uh, 15 seconds of who you are because uh, you have an impressive uh, pedigree. Oh, thank you. Um, okay, um, 15 seconds. 
uh, basically, I'm a geek and been a geek all my life, and I love it. And uh, I didn't really get into politics until 2003 or four, but I'm definitely heavily into that. I'm very heavily into uh, political activism. I'm part of HPJC here locally. Um, I'm very much in, uh, into the uh, LBGT rights uh, stuff. I'm working with the homeless up here in Montgomery County and have been for a couple of years. Um, I just love everything and everything. That Thank I you for do. what you do. He's a real he's a real activist all around town, and he works with technology and help a whole lot of people out with technology as well. Sure. Jeff Reese, president of the Houston Peace and Yay, Justice. Hey, Jeff. Come on in, Jeff. Hey, Charlie. Hi, uh, hi, Berto. Can you all hear me okay? Yes, we can, brother. Okay, good. I've got my earphones in, so... Uh... Um, but yes, I'm I'm the president of the Houston Peace and Justice Center, but uh, I'm, re I'm a retired cop for those that don't know me. Spent 26 years with the Harris County Sheriff's Department in the mental health aspect. Um, you know, I wasn't just a, an officer. I was also probably a, a patient, but um, I retired. And so I came on to the peace and justice scene and uh, I'm still doing what I did then. And uh, thanks. Charlie's helped us out a whole lot. We've uh, We've gotten a grant from uh, Univision, which they haven't announced yet, but uh, I talked to Alberto and Charlie's also helped. And so we're real excited about that, uh, getting out to the Hispanic community and, you know, getting peace and justice everywhere. Thank you very much, Jeff. Uh, Brother Gerald Kelly. Okay. I'm you look here like you were a bit lonely back there, Gerald. Come on in, my friend. Okay, thank you. I'm a, I'm a Catholic priest here I'm in Houston. Uh, and I belong to the HBJC, have since uh, 20 years ago when I came to Houston. But I think I was initiated, uh, I was kind of, you know, uh, graduated from college, a degree in accounting, went to work for the general accounting office, but then um, had to do military service, uh, <laughs> but uh, flew helicopters and uh, was here in Texas a long time ago, but had a stint in Germany. Uh, but I think what, when I was ordained, I was uh, sent to Chile. Now, this was, this was the formative experience for me. Uh, Vardo Frey was the president, a, a centrist, excellent man, uh, but policies just weren't good enough. Then, of course, uh, uh, Salvador Allende came in uh, mm -hmm. with, the, uh, with the Marxist schema had to learn Marxism, had to understand it. Where is it coming from and where is it going? Um, and then we had the military coup and uh, Augusto Pinochet came Pinochet, in with the, the yeah. Chicago boys. And so, I mean, my interest is in understanding these economic systems. Well, I work with the Mapuche Indians and I'm, you know, to catch the uh, people from the base and uh, the whole worldview, their, their vision, is so fantastic, the connection with the earth and how they organize themselves. So what I do now is I continue on, I go eight times a year on one week mission trips to Central America along the Mexican border. So my interest right now is big on immigration, I mean, contact with the groups who are coming, why they're coming. So uh, that's what I, um, Gerald, you mentioned in. economic systems uh, and you mentioned the Chicago boys. Anytime somebody mentioned the Chicago boys, I tell them, go read The Shock Doctrine by Naomi, uh, Naomi Klein. Very important book. It kind of gives you a good perspective. But look, thank you very much, Gerald. Uh, Lucy McLaughlin, how are you doing? Uh, 
Let's see, am I, can you hear me? Yeah. I sure can. All right, so I'm a registered nurse. I'm a health educator for MD Anderson. And a lot of that has been limited with COVID. I also facilitate racial healing workshops for the Center for the Healing of Racism here in Houston. And I'm halfway through Mr. Willie's book, um, It's Worth It, which I'm finding very helpful. <coughs> and so that's my little story for 20 seconds. Well, first of all, thank you for reading <laughs> the book. But secondly, thank you for your, or, or actually, firstly, thank you for the work that you're doing at MD Anderson. You guys are heroes. You know, I mean, uh, the, the medical field and the teaching field, I think, are, are the, the, the most underrated don't get me started. It's not time for me to get started on that right now. This is the all show, not my show. So let's go to Carolyn Brown. I'm Robert Conti, chief of the Metropolitan Police Department. Unfortunately, traffic fatalities are up in the district, and I need your help to reverse this trend. Seatbelt save lives and reduce the risk of death or injury. Click it or ticket. I'm Robert Conti, chief of the Metropolitan Police Department. I have an urgent message. Unfortunately, Traffic fatalities have increased in D.C., and I need your help to reverse this troubling trend. Did you know that using a seatbelt can drastically reduce the risk of death or serious injury to you or a loved one? Seatbelts save lives, and together we can accomplish a safer community. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Always wear your seatbelt. Click it or ticket. Carolyn, you're muted. You're still muted, Carolyn. I tell you what, I'm going to go to Bruce and then come back to you, Carolyn. Brewski. Oh, Bruce, I'm sorry. Bruce. Brewski's okay. So <clears throat> I'm a um, retired chemical worker. Um, backgrounds in chemistry, and I do astronomy now, um, teaching and helping out at some, a couple of the observatories, and um, do a bunch of little sort of side work that tries to tie using our equipment to measure how the environment is changing and monitor that. And I guess, so I'm a child of, of unintended but great privilege in terms of um, up, up north and um, ending up down here and then trying to now find ways of making up for the fact that I was so lucky um, coming through college and, and everything and uh, and having a chance to work and not uh i got three kids and they all graduated from college so we're we're good and i like to help out our egberto and um uh, and support people and uh stand for uh stand for truth and justice a little bit more than uh and uh certainly certainly the environment and certainly uh, um uh, uh health care for everybody that's you know, me. Bruce is actually, Bruce under, uh, is underselling who Bruce really is. Bruce is a, 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 an activist out here in Houston. And, you know, uh, we've gone together to KPFT and <laughs> shows together at KPFT. And not only that, but Bruce comes out. And when we were doing our big fundraisers at KPFT, he's right on there. So, look, thank you all. All you guys are great, great folks. And, and we, should mention, we should mention to Egberto, my wife is a big part of. Um, yes, please, please introduce your wife if she's still there. Uh, she's around the corner, okay. I, um, but she's a, a big part of Mom's um, demand action. She's probably more of an action, uh, more of an activist than me. She probably made over a thousand calls to different places and 
we sent uh, cards to different places to try and get the, <laughs> try and get the right vote out when we needed to get it out. And uh, we're making some progress um, with respect to, uh, especially with the um, the, the um, gun rights, even though we're still having the terrible problems. You know, I, Bruce, have. I just interviewed the, the, the person who founded the yep. uh, Moms. Uh, she she was a great interviewer. I, I hope every if, if you haven't seen it, guys. They're good friends. Yeah, take take a look at it. Okay, come on, Linda. Are you are you okay, Linda? Come on in. <laughs> Linda E, that's you. We haven't heard from you yet. Linda E, speak. <laughs> okay. I okay. I'm I'm here. I didn't know I was supposed to say anything. Cause no, you no. You, so if you don't want to say anything, I just wanted you to introduce yourself before you guys start telling me a little bit about oh. what you think think about things that we need to do. Um, okay. I'm New Jersey, well, Linda E. Yeah, I'm from South Jersey originally. I was in the Navy, so I was been all over the place, New Hampshire, California, Florida, whatever, uh, Spain for a few years. <clears throat> I don't have any great credentials like all your other people. I'm just a retired old woman. And I know you told me not to say that. No, okay. I am going to I'm going to interrupt right now. Nobody is a every you know, and that is how long have you been listening to Politics Done Right, Linda? Uh, since you were doing two hours on Blog Talk Radio. You remember honey? that? And I remember you well. The thing about it yeah. is we don't, we don't talk like that. We are all Americans <laughs> doing what we need yeah. to do. Okay? That's, that's yeah. who we okay. are. <laughs> okay. Well, right. I, just, uh, I was just on a, a thing that you might want to look up after this is done. Um, I, I sometimes get newsletters from... Mm -hmm. um, uh, the People Party or movement. For I know people. who they are. Yes. Yes. And they had a thing right on before you. And I actually had to get out of it to come here. And uh, they had very, um, you know, they had Nina, they had AOC, they had all these people on. Uh, so I want to go back and listen to what was said, but it's about Medicare for all. Yeah, it was that that they had their own. Um, it, it it is sort of an offshoot. It's not the Green Party or anything like that. It's made up of a whole bunch of Democrats as well, just uh, pro progressive Democrats. Okay, yeah. folks. Now that everybody got introduced, <laughs> the floor is open for anybody who wants to say something. Tell me something. I want you. I want you to tell me, Egberto. You've done a terrible job here, and I want <laughs> you to do. I mean, I I really want. I I would really like for you to give me some uh, advice as far as. You know what I want to do as far as saturating the stuff with a message. Is there anything that you guys would like to do? And there's another thing that I'd like to tell you is everybody that's here, if you have a message to tell, uh, you, you know, we, we'll do a Zoom interview and we'll get you out there. Because my philosophy is as follows. We've been run by the technocrats for a long time and we do need technocrats. I want to take nothing away from technocrats. But by the same token, one of the reasons I... I hate when people say things like uh, I am just or I am not like. I genuinely, look, uh, you always hear me say, I'm an engineer or I do all these kinds of things. I always say that just for, there's a specific reasons why I do that. But I think most of what, whenever we've been taught <laughs> to say things like, well, I am just, I think it's what has allowed uh, many of the politicians to get away with the things that they do. Because if you think that somehow they have some sort of a supremacy 
over your beliefs or, or, or you, you kind of give them some leeway. So that is one of the reasons I'm really strong in saying, no, we are all, we should all look at things like we have agency in everything. But anyway, let me have it from anybody. I'll tell you something. Yes. Well, you know, first of all, I'm really lucky or glad that I hooked up with you and my sister-in-law turned me on to you. Um, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's been about 25 years that I really have not been involved in my um, party. And I, I, I only became a citizen just before Obama mm -hmm. after 9-11 because I was going to be deported. <clears throat> I forgot I wasn't a citizen. Um, but um, my father wouldn't let us. But that's another story. But to be able to come back into the political life and to be involved with you has opened my eyes so much that I am overwhelmed with the information. And I'm so lucky and glad to find someone like you who is so non-biased and is welcoming to everybody, explains everything, and your views and your attitude are just so great that I'm just very grateful that I found you. And Look, by I the appreciate way, that. I'm still trying to get the head smaller. Well, it, you know, I'll get my screen smaller. <laughs> I, I saw a site today that, that, that kind of annoyed me because it was a progressive site, like, you know, pro, uh, progressive liberal right. site that shows you all the sites for people like us. And you weren't on there. Which site was that? Let me know so I can take care of that. I, I'll, I'll send it to you tomorrow. Cause I was like, I mean, the daily the dose was on there, but you weren't on there. Yeah. Go ahead and send it to me because a lot of times we have to kind of tease them a little bit because you know, other people have bigger, bigger audiences, bigger cloud. <laughs> we, we are just building, but you know what? We build with great people. So we, we we're, we're good. Well, thank of course you, you do. I'm thank you, Bridge. Thank Anybody you. else has something else that you want to throw out there? Go ahead, I Charlie. You're muted, though. <clears throat> uh, one other area that I'm very active in and have been for years is something called maker spaces. Basically, the, this has been around for about 20 years now, uh, internationally, as a matter of fact. And makerspaces are places where a lot of people get together, buy equipment, put it in a building, and then go and build stuff. Okay, that's the short version. Um, the longer version is Houston is extremely active in makerspaces. Last time I checked, there were 12 in, in Houston. And the biggest one, which is just now coming up, and it would be online right now if it weren't for... Uh, the uh, pandemic pandemic is called the East End Maker Hub, and I highly recommend you all go there and see it. I just put it in. The yeah, put the put these kinds of links in there, Charlie, uh, because um, you know that 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 is how we make people, other people aware okay. of it. This is the big one in Houston right now. It's fifty thousand square feet across three buildings, and it's going to be in a new new facility that's three hundred thousand square feet about couple miles from downtown. Wow. Um, we are talking 
any equipment you can possibly imagine, any project you can possibly imagine, uh, building cars, building houses. Yes, sir. Charlie, I think I had asked you this before, but we yeah. need uh, some time. Uh, we need to do a program to yes. see how we can leverage uh, yes. because that is some that is a very important thing that you're working on there and leveraging it not only Houston I know it's it's all over but letting people know about it I think it's something that we can help and and that does have political motivations as it well It has very interesting political aspects yes. in other words in other words and particularly in building community and let, yes. let me give you the example um just before Harvey uh and like I said they have a huge facility that their wood shop is a thousand square feet and they've got 700 members there. Um, they had all the wood wood shop people get together before Harvey and make a lot of furniture, uh, chairs, tables, so forth and so on, in in anticipation of what was going to happen with Harvey. And after Harvey, people could walk in the door and say, "I my house was wiped out, my furniture was wiped out. What do you have?" And they could just go and pick these this furniture that was generated by the wood shop. They also instituted a sort of sense of a whole bunch of classes on how to rebuild your house after Harvey, how to build, how to tear apart your walls, how to put, to, put together, put your house back together. This is a free program that was given to anyone in the public that walked All right, in. Charlie, you, we are gonna have to do something about that. So uh, you produce that program for me, okay? Yes, I will. Okay, great. Garden Whitehead, introduce yourself. Uh, I'm. I mostly just came to listen. I'm. My name's Gordon Whitehead, and I. Uh, I live out on the Oregon coast. Beautiful. Uh, it's a very rural area. Nice. Um, I pay attention to your podcast, and uh, I just ordered a copy of your book. So. Thank you so kindly. Uh, oh well, I, it, it's 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 not a kindness. It's it. I, I participated in a Oregon humanities round table about talking to people that you disagree with but nobody disagreed really so at any rate i'm mostly here to listen that's all well great i mean the, the, the idea first of all i kind of did a little introduction in the beginning you can actually see the tapes when i release it to you guys but um I really wanted to hear from people. I wanted to hear what people had to tell me. Uh, I don't know, uh, Doug. Do you have you 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 were mentioning it, anybody? Doug, uh, Nanette. Is there anything that you want to add to what you've added before? Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. Poodle pamperer, piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Now serving B24 at DMV window number 7. Okay, Jim, we're next in line. Perfect, Jim. Things are going very smoothly. You remember the cell phone bill? Yes, and the birth certificate. Nice. We'll have a real ID in no time. That's right. Ready to fly to Carla's graduation and then the big game. Real great work, Jim. You too, Jim. Excuse me, are you talking to yourself? Now serving B25 at window number 10. That's our cue, Jim. Excuse us. Talk yourself into real ID readiness by May 3rd, 2023. Make a plan at dhs.gov slash real ID. You're a mute. There you go. 
yeah, I, I don't, I can't say that I have anything I, I, I want to add. I just, you know, I, I, I discovered your, your, your show when you were talking to a guy who was a clear Trump supporter. Mm -hmm. And I just was really impressed with how you listened to him first and then you responded and you didn't say, boy, you must be one of the despicables or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm just really impressed the way you listen to people first, because I really think right now our politics is, you know, I'm good, you're bad, you know, you're evil, I'm, I'm a saint. And that's not gonna go anywhere, you no. know. Uh, 74 million people voted for Trump. They're not all horrible people, not at all. Uh, most of them are not. And we gotta find a way to talk to each other. And, uh, you know, and, and I, th I think the real key is you first listen. You have to listen. And you know, the, the other thing is like I keep telling you, you have to try somehow as hard as you can to kind of get them to like you a bit so that they, they'll even listen, so that they don't want to really slam. But here, here's an interesting thing, right? Um, I have this philosophy and this thought process that if I believe what I really believe, and what I believe is that there are, there's this, this force that needs to have our, and I'm not going to get into any deep economic systems here, but I just want to kind of put this out there. <clears throat> I honestly believe, and I believe this in the core of my heart, that people need to keep us at each other's throats and each other's throats at all costs so that we cannot really uh, see the, the unfairness in a lot of structures within our system. That is what I truly believe. And I think uh, once we start having conversations, like I was telling, like I mentioned in a book, I met this guy that hated immigration. And he, I told him to, hey, go read this on your own, whatever. And he came back and he said, hey, I'm a 100% supporter of immigration now. I just want to do it the Republican way. And I said, have at it. Will you write a blog for me? And by gosh, the guy wrote a blog, put his name on it. And, you know, so I mean, you're right. I, if we start looking at people for, you know, I mean, my wife used to say, people are people. If we start doing that, you know, we'll do fine. Anybody else want to say something? Yeah, I want to say something, Egberta. Please do. And when I became a citizen, I was horrified at how certain countries or nationalities were put through immediately. Mm -hmm. No lawyer, no nothing came right through first appointment and I sat in the waiting room <coughs> and, and, I, and I was afraid because of my background and mm -hmm. my name because I had the FBI follow me for two years. It was like one of those scenes from ET. That is for being with the IRA, man. my friend. <laughs> oh, sorry, um, the IRS. Um, and I was horrified because I went there all by myself and all these people of different um, countries, not main countries like the UK, Germany, yeah. France, they all had like all these lawyers and they've been going there for days. And I was passed right through the system because of where I was from. Yes, yes. And it annoyed me that the way they treat certain countries, it's not you, it's it, the country you're from. And I was so disappointed in that because I didn't I didn't know that was going on. And um, 
I was put right through, although it did take my passport and my green card, which pissed me off. You, I am because glad you said that, that you didn't know what's going on, because that is the other thing I think with, in, in my opinion at least, with a lot of what happens in the country, right? People just don't know what's going on elsewhere, right? And if you don't yeah. know what's going on elsewhere, you can make a lot of assumptions. And if you are, if, and if those assumptions are, if, if you are teased into assumptions that make that other person really the other, that's what well, happens. That's, that's the thing. It was like, it was so annoying. I was like, why is everybody else being treated differently? Right. Like I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't understand. I was sitting there talking to these people and I felt so bad. Well, but because I was from Ireland, especially the, you know, Belfast was UK. I was just put right through, approved. Bridge, that makes you that makes you a candidate for the agent of change. That's what it does. It makes you the candidate for the agent of change. Okay. And you know, it, it is great when you see somebody that says, "I didn't know," and I found out. Believe it or not, I, I remember a quick story, and I think I said this one in the book. Too. I was a homophobe until I w- <clears throat> I went on a business trip to China, and I think I told you this, Bridge. And when I learned, when I learned how stupid I was, how, I mean, I mean, it was like uh, the the shame turned into action. And I became one of the biggest LGBTQ uh, activists there was because again, you know, you, whenever, whenever you make that change, you become the best. A lot of times you become the best agent. Because it's like you want to make up for what you did wrong, you know? Yeah, and, or, or make up for what you didn't know. Or what, yeah, and, exactly, exactly, what you didn't so know. Was, I always ask people, well, you know, when they ask me about being gay, they always say, you know, about being gay and all this bullshit. And I say, well, you know, when did you find out you were straight? <laughs> they always sit there and they look at me and I'm like, well, when did you realize that you were a heterosexual? <laughs> And hey, they're that's like, um, hey. I just am. <laughs> Come on, like, Bridge. Exactly. I don't know if I had to realize that, Bridge. What's wrong with you, Bridge? <laughs> See, I'm trying to educate you there, Magberta. <laughs> you had to educate me, young lady. You had to educate me. <laughs> Anyhow, anybody else have to say something? I'm curious. Now that, now that Bridge took us to, to several different places. Hey, I'll say something. Yes. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I grew up. Uh, I was a farmer's daughter, so it was my, you know, a family of 11 kids, the whole bit. Uh, and I went in the service, and I have to say my family was very bigoted. I went into the service trying to not be like them, but you know how, like, if you're in an environment, it's kind of embedded. Yes. Um, and so, anyway, the best thing in the world was to get out amongst all kinds of people. This was in 70, well, 78 through 83. So, you know, it was, wasn't even don't ask, don't tell. It was, you know, anything. Uh, And I have, of my seven brothers, one was gay and one of my sisters is gay. And um, Louie, my brother Lou, who's, you know, he's since passed. Um, he was in the service and he was very proud of his service, but he always had to be very careful. Um, and he even had to be careful around my father while my father was alive. But the, the main point I want to make is that 
when I think I'm a big believer in the melting pot thing where you got to get thrown into a cauldron with all kinds of people from all viewpoints, all kinds of walks of life. And, uh, you know, and all of a sudden you say, well, you know, they're just like me. Right. You know, and yes. all the old tapes go yep. flying out. You have to, you have to experience it. So I just wish more people could experience something like that. Linda E, I want to, I want to uh, add something to that because I think it's so important what you said about throwing yourself in and you tell me if you agree with me. I tell people all the time that, you know, I, I used to tell freaks, hey, a lot of my, I have a lot of friends and a lot of my friends are racist and people are, oh my God, how did you really say that? And I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, because what you have to do, look, You've been culturized. If, if you live in some other part of the world, you've been culturized that way your entire life. It is, it, is, it is not possible, based on how we are wired, for you to come into a new situation and not bring your biases, right? So, I mean, that's going to happen. So what I tell people all the time, right, is, you know, and, and this, this now hits, let's say, a lot of us progress, for those of us that are progressives, that is, uh, something would happen and somebody would say like, oh, well, that person said that and we're going to take them to the cleaners. And I would then come in and say, no, don't do that. I'll come in and say, let's, let's have a chat. Let's see what's going on. Now, if, if that person, after being informed and seeing things a certain way, uh, continue to react that way, then that person, then you can excommunicate that, that person. But until then, give people a chance to fail. You know, I mean, that is, the, I think that is so important. You have to give people a chance to screw up. You have to give, I tell people this about me having been an, a homophobe. I'm from Panama. I tell them I have three strikes. I am black, I'm Latino, and I'm Caribbean. That is the biggest homophobic strike you can ever have. Okay? Yeah, you're screwed. All right, yeah. I'm screwed. Whoever said that, yes, I'm screwed. Anyhow, <laughs> so um, even after intellectually, I understood that I was wrong, right? I see two guys kissing or see two women kissing or doing something. The carnal part of me would always react. I knew I was cured uh, when I started, you know, I, I, I am at KPFT. You guys know all, all of that. And, I, and I, my show was right. <laughs> after the queer show and when i started hugging on these guys without having no kidding i'm serious man <laughs> when i started hugging on these guys hey because i'm from panama we do a lot of hugging you know what i mean COVID is terrible man you can't hug anybody anymore COVID is terrible so i would be hugging on these guys or whatever and it's like nothing what in the past if i did it would be like oh you know, but this was like nothing. And I said, okay, I am finally cured. But it, it, mm -hmm. it is a two-part series, if you will. And I mean, if you, you know, if you have prejudices or whatever, you have to get over it in two different sections. You know, you have to get over it intellectually first. And after it becomes intellectual, you know, that in my opinion, that's what I've noticed, at least with me, that carnal mm -hmm. portion, you know, that's where it gets better. Yeah. I, yeah I'm yeah, sorry. Was that? I, I was just going to say, it's funny because I, when I moved out to Eastern Long Island and I'm out in the boondocks, I can't, first it's all Trumpians people out here, but oh I've noticed that because you were just saying about how people 
and I think I don't know if it was if that's Linda that was talking there, and mm-hmm. yeah, it was you. Okay. Yes. You're right. When you're around other people that think a certain way, <clears throat> it kind of like substantiates your own belief, even though you don't believe it. You kind it's, of like go along with it, but after you don't know point, any better. You don't know any better, but you, you, you kind of do. Yeah. And after a while, something sparks. And like with me, it was a neighbor that said something about Obama being pregnant. And they said the N-word. <laughs> they were like, oh, now we have an N-word in the White House. And I, I turned around. And I said, what are you, jealous? Because he's a Harvard you know, graduate and a yeah. constitutional lawyer and blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah. you're a friggin', you know, contractor and a drunk. Are you kidding me? You're jealous. You're a white man who's jealous. So stop the shit. And then he said to me, well, you're gay. And I was like, <laughs> well, that's like not an insult. That's like me calling you. A man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, what do you want me to say to that? That's like ridiculous. And, you know, and that, you, you know, like, you remember what I said earlier, Breach, you being an agent? That's that is what I'm talking about. That was being an agent right there. That believe it's it or weird. not, you 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 said something and that went into that guy's mind. Charlie, you wanted to say something. You're muted, uh, Charlie. A little bit off the, the current topic, but I wanted to introduce this to this group. Having to do with faith-based. This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel, but now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Uh, issues. What can we do? And I believe we need to try and do as much as we can to support progressive faith-based organizations. And let me suggest one that I'll put in the website called the Sisters of Charity of the Incarnate Word. Have you heard about them? No, I haven't. But what you're talking about, Charlie, I think is also so important. In fact, I have uh, uh, Carolyn coming on to the show sometime next week and i don't know if you saw the show earlier this week we we went with the the northwest ministries uh that's doing some great work in helping people out so i think uh, by showing uh, yeah you're you're i i agree with that and i'll i'll try to do some more of that because we get when i say we i don't know if everybody here is progressive or not so i'll i'll say when progressives get um when progressives start to uh, talk a lot of times they use uh, uh, religion or faith as something that we may not partake of, which is so far from the truth in general. And, and let me just mention specifically this uh, Sister of the Incarnate Word. Uh, I posted the website 
to uh, to the chat. And this is a, a Catholic nunnery that actually has been in the Houston area for over a hundred years. I've heard of and them. They are unbelievable. Great. You, I I ran across them because they held a couple uh, before the COVID thing. They had an interdenominational meeting on climate change. They had like 30 churches come in wow. in this giant Catholic environment. And they had people talking about solar power and electric cars and oh planting trees and all this other stuff. And it's like, oh my God, these people are walking the walk. I'm telling you. Well, I good. Uh, Charlie, again, game. that's the second show you got to produce, brother. So. I, and I would love to get these people get, get them on okay they are so they are so cool I just want to mention in their website one of their features is uh every year they do a motorcycle rally oh really they're like nuns on wheels okay oh, I mean, I love these these people are wonderful and they do social media uh -huh. and they know tech I mean Go check this website out. It will blow your mind. Okay, Charlie, get me a spokesperson there. We'll do it. Okay, brother? Okay, I'm sorry, but they're nuns. They're gay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? Who they're said Bree. that? Bree. That must be Bridge. Bridge. Yeah, that's me. Strike Good one. Me, believe me. They'll, they'll, talk, they'll, talk to you. they'll talk to you about it. Okay? okay. All right. Really Anybody else want to say something? Yeah, I, I, threw it, I threw in something in line with Charlie. Yeah. There's the Ignatian Solidarity Network. Uh -huh. uh, Jesuit-based organization, and they advocate for social justice based on the principles. And I went to Jesuit high school and Jesuit college, so I'm a big fan of the Jesuits, even though I now go to the Episcopal Church. <laughs> You're the producer of that one, uh, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I put that link in. I put that link in. I appreciate right it, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Anybody else want to say something? Just say the walk, the walk, the talk. You know that that's when you walk the talk then it, it's all the difference in the world no matter what faction we're talking about and all this ties back to our black lives matter situation growing up in the south having a parents who were so understanding that we had to change things and here we are we haven't changed as much as we should have to accept people as humans just we're all humans but we're changing and you know th that's the thing again all of us are are those agents okay anybody else have anything to say to anybody since, else? since there's yeah. a, i was at a uh, you know springboard off of what uh, bridge was saying in terms of uh she was mentioned about uh you know how how you know some of the people are basically their followers or well she didn't say them this way whatever but but basically it's it's uh you know there's there's certainly leaders and there's followers in different groups and and progressives really need to go after all people and, and message to them, you know, and not like the, you know, typical Democrats, they just, you know, it's, it's about getting out the base, you know, and they don't go off and try to sell uh, people, whereas the Republicans are going after our base. 25% of, you know, uh, Hispanics voted for Trump. You know, that just blows my mind, you know, but, uh, but it doesn't in terms of, you know, their messaging toward Hispanics. And uh, and we're not, you know, returning the favor, you know, and going after their base. You know, we can't, we just, you know, we not, not only get, need to get out our base, but, you know, and, and uh, you know, go after independents and moderates and everything. But, but you know, let's go after hardcore uh, Republicans because, you know, people change their mind. 
you know, given given uh, different information over their life. So, and, and uh, you know, a lot of times Democrats treat the other side as a monolith. Well, if it's a monolith, it's like a piece of uh, Swiss cheese, and it's got a lot of holes. And you know, husbands don't agree with wives. Wives don't agree with, you know, the husbands. Uh, you know, um, you know, the kids certainly don't agree with their parents, and and all that. So. We've got a lot of opportunity to go in there and, and message the hell out of them and, and pull those voters over. And every time we flip a voter, it's like two votes. You know, one less for them, one more for us. You, actually, I think it's more, more yeah. complicated than that. Go ahead, Ed. I, I think that uh, as a country, because of how we're so divided, we've forgotten how to compromise. And when you yeah. need uh, to solve a problem and you develop a compromise, you have to uh, learn and understand the person on the other side of the table. And when you do that, uh, people do cross over to the other side of the table. Uh, so it, when you want to get a message out, I think the issue is how, how do you get people to come together and listen to each other and work out a compromise? Um, you know, one of the blogs I wrote earlier this year is uh, if you ignore science, it's still there. <laughs> and, uh, that is so true. And, and you know, uh, I'm really focused on the pandemic, and a number of uh, our uh, state leaders around the country couldn't compromise with their public health officials to uh, help their states to mitigate the the crisis. I, I I'm full of statistics. I'll give you one statistic, and then I'll I'll be quiet. And that is, um, I wrote an article, um, a blog a while back. Uh, Taiwan has a population of 21 million people. Um, and yeah. Florida has 24 million people. Yeah, thanks for Florida, because we're idiots here. Well, the, the, problem, <laughs> the problem was one of leadership. In, yeah. in, in Taiwan, um, they, they use mitigation strategies. They locked down very quickly. And as of the end of November, in 21 million people, they had 670 cases of the coronavirus. Wow. Yeah. At the end of November in Florida, they had 830,000 cases of And right now, of, of our the virus. numbers in our airports are back to where they were a year ago. Right. Well, we're bringing I, it from everywhere. But the, my point was just to go back to compromise. There was no compromise on how to move forward and, and address the issues and, and um, deal with the science that wasn't going to change. And some places did and some places didn't. I think it has to do with listening to each other and compromising and trying to do whatever comes out of that compromise to help people. Well, and, and sometimes it's not even uh, necessarily uh, compromise, it's actually talking their language. You know, they don't, they don't respond sure. to um, you yes. know, the morality of how you know, Democrats sell you know, their policies and everything. We need to talk about the economics. You know, and then also when, when the other side is mis, uh, you know, misrepresenting what we actually believe, you know, like we're going to rip babies that are full term out of mother's wombs. You know, and and uh, you know, that's, and that's what you know, Democrats want to, when, when we're misrepresented and compromise, you know, um, you know, we, we've been, you know, and what you're trying to do is get health care for all. Well, that's not compromise. I mean, we need, we really need to, to show how that really makes sense, not only morally as, as a human right, but as an economic thing, we get, you know, we, get, we allow people to go off and create businesses because they no longer have to worry about, you know, if they're going to have health care or not, um, you know, health businesses need healthy and educated people. And, 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 uh, and health care is, is, you know, the health of a person is a function of, you know, their health care since, since the womb, 
you know, not just what the employer, you know. Uh, so, you know, we need to really bring them over to our side. And if we can't bring them over to our side, then we can, then we need to compromise. But let's let's sell them on what we actually do. I tell you, uh, Carl, uh, uh, take a look at um, at Ed's uh, book on healthcare. While you know I'm a steadfast person for Medicare for all, uh, that is one compromise that I could actually make uh, if we couldn't get the um, get through my what I want to do. Uh, his book, uh, the book that he wrote with, I don't remember the name of the other author that you wrote the book with, uh, Ed, but um. Uh, but I wrote it with uh, Dr. Mike Hutchinson, a neurologist right. uh, friend of mine. Right. I mean, uh, if you take a look at it, you'll say, oh, okay, I could see it. I mean, it's still not my, 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 my cup of tea, but I would definitely go with it. You know, I mean, it's a hell of a lot better than what we got. Right. Well, I, and it, I, what is it? The, uh, what is it? Physicians for Universal Healthcare. Are you familiar with that group? Yes, I know who that group is as well. Well, Ed, are you familiar with them? Yes. Yeah, they're a lot more. I don't think they're talking about Medicare for all. They're talking about single payer. A little bit different structure, yeah, uh, than expanding Medicare. But well, if you get a chance, you know, uh, uh, take a look. My book's called Healing American Healthcare, and it's as uh, thank you for that, Egberto. It's a it's a different approach, but it builds on some of the positive things in our healthcare system because there are a few uh, positive things, and um, part of it is really about compromise. Uh, in Obama's uh, book, The Promised Land, he talks about the challenges for a couple of chapters of healthcare and getting Obamacare to work and, and what the challenges were. And part of what he said was Obamacare was like building the framework for a house that people were gonna have to build on in the future because he knew he couldn't get to the finish line with all of the political issues he had to try to deal with to put that forward. And it's, an, it's not an easy issue. Everyone has an opinion about uh, a foundational part of our lives of, of healthcare. And, how you get people to, how you get that herd of, uh, of uh, you know, uh, earthworms to move up the hill to get to a finish line is, is a, a real challenge. And, it's not easy. And it takes time. Not easy. And Berto, there's been a phone call that's been trying to come in. They yeah, I just got out. her in. 713, can you uh, yes. tell us who you are? Uh, yeah, it's Lucy, and I got um, blocked out of the Zoom online. I couldn't get back in. So I'm Oh, I wonder what in. happened. I don't know. I just got blocked out all of a sudden. Oh man, I, I am sorry. I don't. I don't think I have control. Well, let me let me let me tell you that uh, you know how Zoom is. Every now, I, there's a new version that's out. So I don't know. I have. I did upload it when I started running. I said, "Do I have the time to change the version now?" And I decided not to because you know bad things happen when you change versions 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, before. yeah. It's, a, it's okay. I didn't want you to think I just left by by my on my own. Oh no, not a problem. Okay, does anybody else have anything else to say? <laughs> I, I got one quick thing. I got yes. one thing. I'm gonna have to sign off too because it's getting past yeah. my bedtime. I'm, I know. I'm I hear you. That's why I'm in Massachusetts. Uh, Charlie posted something earlier on the chat about the singing brain, mm -hmm. and I just wanna I just wanna call attention to it because I I studied mathematics for a long, long time through graduate school. That's what I've just studied most, but I'm absolutely convinced our brains are musical. Mm -hmm. uh, I, 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 you know, there's just too much resonance going on. There's just, and I came to singing late in my life. Late, I was 33 before I learned to sing, and I can't stop singing. <laughs> right. so, Do we so, have to hear you? you okay. No, no, no. Here's the here's the problem with the pandemic. Our choir hasn't sung since early March. Mm -hmm. Oh no! So, yeah, I'm, no, it's spreader. Uh, yeah, no, and choirs will be the last thing to come back. 
Well, yes. well, you know, Doug, we're spewing we're, out over the whole congregation. <laughs> Doug, you're gonna have to try that thing that I see all those musicians doing. That is, they do the Zoom thing together, man. You got to try that. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, it's chorus did that. They did a concert uh, with 33 yes. singers where they yeah. all uh, worked out the song. They sent the uh, recordings to the director. They put it all together. It was okay. I mean, it's hard to do, and it, yeah, it is. It. it is very difficult to do, and you don't want to do it on Zoom. No, yeah, no, they didn't work. There's Time some other platform. Yeah. All right, folks. All right, I gotta sign off. Thank hey, you. Look, this thank is you great. very much for being this here. Is great. I, I, if nobody else have anything else to say, we are gonna sign off. I, I just want right. to say one more thing. Uh, what Go was ahead. the name of Red's book again? Go ahead. Um, my book is called uh, Healing American Healthcare. And okay. um, I wrote it with a guy named Mike Hutchinson. And, uh, you know, if you, if you choose to read it and you, you have comments or thoughts, uh, contact me. I'm happy to uh, discuss anything that, you know, people uh, come back with. Or you can join my, um, my coalition and get a free copy of the book. That's uh, the Healing American Healthcare Coalition. All right. Anybody else have anything else to say real quick? I, want, I wanted to say one thing. Real quick? Yeah, real quick. Um, when my mother was um, pregnant with me and my brother, in Ireland, because of the healthcare, they give you, um, you get a nurse that comes every day, mm -hmm. you get free milk, you get free formula, you get free everything for the first four or six months of the baby's birth. Breed. That's true. Thank you for saying through. that, but I want to add, I want to, I want to remove that word free because it, you know, well, I think yes. that is what hurts us in the United States. It's not okay. free. All right. You, you do have to pay a certain tax. Right. Yes. Taxpayers, all of us decided as a society that we are going to pay taxes and whoever mm -hmm. has kids, we take care of that. So, I mean, I think we, again, and, and, and Carl and I talk about this a lot. It's all about framing the, the discussion. So we're going but to- Americans, But Americans don't like the word tax. Exactly, exactly. Well, okay. Anybody else we're want to say something our... real quick? Real quick before we go. Real quick, Charlie, real quick. Charlie. Yeah, real quick. Uh, someone just, someone posted a link in the chat about the humble area mission. Okay. And the point is that there's a lot of stuff going on locally. So if you have any desire to say, I, what can I do locally? There are plenty of organizations, Thank particularly you, brother. in Houston. Cutting and you off, brother. I appreciate you. Love you. Anybody else have anything else to say real quick? Go ahead, Ed. No, no, I just want to say thank you. This has been a very interesting yeah. discussion. I appreciate it very much. Well, look, thank you guys for being here. I'm honored that you are all here. And, you know, we'll, we're going to do this more often, you know, uh, so far. Love you all too, man. Love you all. <laughs> Thanks. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. 
Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.